so I still think it's so funny how I was able to think about and work this vision out of my mind and all this other stuff, you know, when I wasn't going to report this on this podcast. But then as soon as I decided to get on this podcast and talk about it, I couldn't remember none of this stuff that happened in this vision. And I think that later on I will remember if I really try, as long as I'm not on this podcast. But um, it's also weird. This witchcraft is also weird to me because it's like, you know, <laughs> it's funny how, you know, you know you got the power and God gave you the power, but... Like, it's still, you still, they still able to make you feel like they have power. If you really got the power, how come they feel, how come they able to make, to feel like they got the power? Or how come they able to still disrespect you or do whatever it is they doing, whatever witchcraft they doing, you know, if you got the power, if you really got the power. And it's like, I think that that's reflective of Jesus wanting that. Jesus wants that. Like, and and I'm not going to lie, to a certain extent, kind of, I'm offended by that a little bit. I'm not, I'm not offended. I won't let myself be offended. But I'm hurt. I'm hurt a little bit about that because, like, why would Jesus want to hurt me in that way? Like, why does he want me to hurt in that way? Unless, of course, he's trying to reveal to me who they is and, and show me that, you know, it's not worth saving. And and I don't feel like that because the whole time I feel like God has been telling me, like, even if, even when I show you, like, because I think I prayed the prayer. I said, Lord, please reveal to me my enemies. Reveal to me, you know, who's really for me, who's really against me, Lord God, so that I can cut them off. And God started revealing to me everybody, but he didn't let me cut them off. And I remember saying so that I can cut them off. And I prayed this prayer so many different times. But the around the time, most of the time I was praying this prayer, I did not mean it. I prayed this prayer because, you know, I meant it. I did mean it. But it's like at the same time, I didn't mean it in a way like I'm just looking to cut them off. I want to cut somebody off. Or I'm the type of person who would just cut somebody off just because, you know, they was disloyal or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm the type of person who I just love everybody and I just love people. And like, I, just because you did me wrong or you, that, or you that way, doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily cut you off. I'm just going to hold you to it. Just like with Judas, Jesus didn't cut him off, but he didn't sit up there and pretend like he wasn't sending out the money bag. He didn't sit up there and pretend like he was clean. He like, everybody's clean except one, except Judas. And he's like, yeah, Judas, you're going to betray me. I'm still going to love you. I still break bread with you. I'm still going to treat you like my brother. But that does not mean that I don't know who you are. That's what I, that's how I feel. That's the kind of person I am. Like, I don't have to cut you off. I can still be around you, but I'm not about to sit up here and pretend like you are my biggest fan and supporter. Like, I'm going to love you. I'm going to break bread with you. I'm going to still, you know... I can still be around you, but I'm just not about to pretend. I'm a treat. I'm a. I'm. I'm going to know who you are now. I just know who you are. That's just what it is. And with Peter, um, Peter said, "I would die for you, Jesus. I love you so much. You don't know that I would just die for you. I would go to the ends of the earth and I would die for you." And Jesus is like, "But you are going to deny me three times before the rooster crow." But that didn't stop him from loving Peter. They didn't stop him from breaking bread with Peter. They didn't, like, he still washed Peter's feet, and Peter was still clean, even though he would do something so dirty. So, 
all of that being said, you know, like, I, I, I didn't say, when I prayed that prayer, I didn't really feel like I was going, I was praying that prayer just to have a reason to cut everybody off. Because if that was the case, they'd be cut off by now. I don't know. I think that the fact that I'm willing to stick it out and fight for, you know, things to work out and fight for my family to be there when stuff is good and stuff is well. Knowing that we made it through the mud a lot of times. I feel like, you know, that that's that sometimes show people it makes people feel like you're weak or you have an unwillingness to let go and give up. I mean or unwillingness to, you know, let go and walk away. And that right there is that's what's the most frustrating because the only way to prove that is to walk away. But if you walk away, then you abandoning the fact that you can stick it out and they can be there on the other side with you. It's like some people, I don't know. It's a it's it's a either or. Walk away right now. Let it all go and they gonna be there. Cause you it's not like you can come back. If you come back, that's worse than walking away. Honestly, because it's like at that point, it's like, you know, you couldn't hold, you couldn't even hang on to what you said you're going to do. You couldn't even, you know, you couldn't even keep doing that. You couldn't even keep doing that. But it's like at the same time, it's like, um, I don't know, like walking away is like, that's final. That's final. Period is just final. I've never been the type to walk away and come back. I've really never been the type because if I'm walking away, I've already decided that that's what needs to happen. I mean, I consider all possibilities. That considered that I walk away and I might want to change my mind and come back. That means I considered that when I once I walked away, you know, if I walk away and I feel like it was the wrong decision, if I come back, then I might as well stay now. And stick it out until I feel like, you know, till I feel better. Because it's going to come a point where I feel like, okay, that wasn't worth it. Or it's not that serious. I can let it go. I can get over it. I ain't going to be able to hold this grudge for long. So if that's the case, it'll be a vacation. And that's what I would call it. But if I'm walking away, I'm not going to walk away and, you know, call it a vacation. That's what it is. I walked away. So I'm considering that before I even leave. Like, if I leave right now, am I, you know, am I okay with this being final? Am I okay with never coming back? That's what need to be considered. And, you know, last time I walked away, that was going, even though I wasn't sure because of, I couldn't have been sure in that situation. There's no way to be sure when you're being lied to. There's no way to be sure when you fighting demons. There's no way to be sure when God told you one thing, but everything else is screaming another. There's no way to be sure. But I was short of God, so, you know, and I was short that no matter what, I'd be okay as long as I got God. So I decided to walk away, and this will happen. Like, I end up in a car accident, and, you know, I know that this car accident is actually reflective of, like, all this that's going on, like, everything. And it's funny because it's like, Everybody knows. Everybody already knows all of this, except for, you know, me. I I don't know. Like, I know what ends up happening, but I don't know the in-between. It's like, they know the in-between, and I know the outcome. Do they know the outcome, too, since they know the in-between? 
because I feel like they know the outcome. And if they know the outcome, that changed everything. If they know the outcome, that means I'm right about everything. You is jealous. You a hater. And you doing this because you don't want to see me win. It ain't for no other reason. All that fake, you know, oh, this is how I genuinely feel. You was wrong for this. You was wrong for that. All that go out the window. I don't care what you say. That's just what it is. You a liar. Because you know what ends up happening. That's why you're doing all this. you doing all this so I don't get to that. Not because of no other reason. Not because you feel some type of way or you actually got morals. You don't have those. So, yeah, that's that's what it is. But I don't know. I still be trying to get people to benefit it out. And if that's the case, if it's really just about, you know, they, they know what it is. They just, they know the outcome in the situation. They just don't want me to have it. And that mean I might as well just cut them off. And there's no point in keeping them. Because that outcome coming regardless. And in that outcome, if they still don't want me to have it, I'm going to have it. And they still not going to want me to have it. What's the point of them being around it? I mean, some people are like, you know, yeah, they don't want you to have it, but you got it. So what do it matter? You know, ain't nothing they can do about it to stop it. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, why you want a bunch of people who ain't really rooting for you around you? Why not replace that? Replace them, have people in their place who actually want you to have that, who actually happy to see you with that, who actually, you know, you could be happy around. Why have a bunch of Debbie Downers around you sitting up there hating? And as soon as you turn your back, all you hear about is how much they disapprove. So what's the point? What is really the point of that? But, you know, like, I feel I I, I can't hear it now. After going through all of this and suffering through all of this and actually being treated like this. Blatantly in front of everybody and everybody knowing. I can hear it now once I win. So... You for real, for real. You don't really want to. You like you. You ain't want to. You ain't want to win with us. You must then want to win with us. Or I can hear it right now after I won. Like you changed. You changed. And really, like no, I didn't change. It's the fact that you know things changed. Things changed, and you can't stand it. That's what it is. Things change, you can't stand it. You like to look down on me. You don't never want to look up. And if you ever got to look up, you rather die. You rather me die. I ain't got time for it. I don't. Because I've been around a lot of people like that in my life. And I never thought it would be to this extent. But I guess when it ever get real like that, then you see to what extent it is. Because I've been seeing this. I've been knowing this. I've been sensing it. Like, it's been known, but... Excuse me. So I guess I can't be mad, but still. People so far and so fake that, you know, it's still, it's still like, it's amazing how it still hurt and you ain't shocked. I ain't shocked, but it still hurt. But it's like, I don't know, man. Don't nobody ever like you when it's you on other foot. Like, they don't. I don't know what to say, but I just know that no matter what I do, I'll be okay. No matter where I land, I'll be okay. No matter, you know, how I, how I feel, how I 
how this looks, how anybody treats me, no matter what they expect to happen, how they want things to go, I'm going to be okay. And that right there for me, it's like, I think the one thing they cannot stand. So they're going to hate me and they're going to be fake and they're going to be disrespectful and they're going to be grimy regardless because they can't stand that. You know, if the, if ultimately nothing was going to turn out for me, if ultimately everything was going to end up sucky or I was going to lose, they would give up right now. They wouldn't act like this. They would, you know, they would. They'd probably be the most pleasant people to be around. If they ever felt like nothing was going to work out for me. But since it's going to work out, you know, I got to deal with the worst type of people, the worst size of them. And I'm supposed to sit up here and ignore it. I don't know how people do that. How? How do you do it? You strong. You real strong. Because I can I can I can do it. I can handle it. I can go through it. But to sit up here and pretend like it's not happening too? What? You strong. Or you just real fake. I don't know. Because I can't do it. But one thing that I feel like is on my heart that won't leave my heart, that stay, that's staying on my heart that, keep, that I keep being reminded of, is that, for one, I feel like if I stay in this situation, their ultimate goal is to keep me from my destiny. So they want me to change. They want to change me. They're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to keep me from my destiny. They're not going to be able to change me. And if they ever want to change me, I hope for it's for the best because yeah, they can do that. They can help change me for the best. And even then, the credit don't go to them, it go to God. Because that's what he was going to do anyways before I ever, ever knew you. But um, another part another part of me is like, things already changed. It's done. You can, I don't know. Like It's like, in a way, I feel like they, they felt like this was going to go differently. So since it's not, they want to go back to what it was before they, you know, try whatever they tried. And it could have stayed like that if they didn't do what they did. But it was it was bound to happen anyways. But just imagine this. Imagine feeling like, okay, you know what? In this situation, I'm going to win. So I want to, you know, I want to do it. Yeah, press the button. Press the go button because I want this. I'm going to win. And then you press the go button and you in a race, but you start losing. And now you want to, you know, start it all over. Start the race over. Because I I wasn't supposed to lose. I was supposed to win. That's what it is. That's how I feel it is. Like, this one of them situations. Like, you you press the go button in such confidence that you was going to lose. You was going to dog walk me. You was going to make me look bad. You ain't care. You just, as long as you get to do that, you know, as long as you win it, okay, press the go. Okay. They like, wait, but here go the con- here go the consequences. And here's the side effects. I don't care. Press the go button. But wait. Do you understand that this is possible? This can happen? Yeah, whatever. Press the go button. I'm going to win. And then you go, you, you press the go button, you on the race, and you, oop, where's your turbulence? Because you're losing. And now you're sitting up here talking about some, um, no, this ain't supposed to go. Press restart. Press restart. No, ain't no press restart. That's not fair to the other person. And even... Regardless of it being fair to the other person or not, it wasn't fair when you decided to press the go button thinking you was going to win when there was a possibility of them winning. So that wasn't fair because you weren't considering them. You ain't even care. 
But it's not even about that because now that you're losing, you know, you want to restart the game. No, ain't no restart the game. You got to finish this race, which means you're going to have to lose. And that's what it is. And it's more like that in life. That's why That's why from, from the beginning of this, I couldn't believe this was real. Because it's like, that's okay in the game. You got a bunch of different lives. You don't ever die in the game. But this real life, something happened here is final, period. I don't know why somebody would play with it like it's a game. I don't get how people do that. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. A lot of times I play games. And I and I do play with life. A lot of times I'm not going to lie. But, like, I don't know. Like a game? Nah. I'm probably going to consider. Like, not probably. I'm definitely going to consider. This not a game. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm feeling like maybe it's something I cannot see. It got to be something I cannot see. got to be something more to it. Because nobody is about to just do that and really think, like, that's just going like that. Like, nobody. Like, you got to be completely disconnected with reality. How if you lived in this world? How? Maybe that's how. <laughs> like, maybe that is how. I don't know. Everybody got different perspectives. But it's weird, but... Regardless of anything, you know, this is what's happening now. And now I don't know. Now I don't know because I'm having to suffer because, you know, you decided to put me in a game that you felt like you was going to win and now you losing. So now I got to suffer because you did that. No, that's not fair. Like, forget fair. You ain't fair. That's just, what do you mean? That's not happening. What do you mean? No. Like, and it's, I feel it. I keep, I keep feeling this. I keep understanding. But the thing about it, as long as I'm even playing the game, I'm not even playing the game, but if I ever decide to play the game, if I ever participate in this game, I lost. Because if I never wanted to play the game, I don't have to. Period. And I'm not about to make nobody, I'm not about to let nobody force me into something I don't have to do. I don't have to play your game, and I'm not going to play your game because life is not a game for me. I'm going to pray for you, though. But um, despite all that, like, I can't, I still can't remember all, all of this vision and everything that was happening in this vision, but it's everybody. It's everybody in my family, and everybody was telling, like, yes, duh, that's what we kept telling you. We kept telling you, it's your family. It's your family. And, like, I don't know if I should use that word anymore then. Like, if that's if it's really them, then it should be called family. Like, that's not family. But, you know, every, everybody has messed up family. And I never thought that I was one of those people that really, I mean, I know my family messed up. But I always thought I knew this thing. I never thought my family. Excuse me, I never thought my family tried to sell me off to the devil. And then once the devil played them, they they try and kill me. Well, it's going to kill me. It was going to try to kill me anyways, honestly. But I never thought my family be the one that would actually try and kill me, sell me off to the devil and kill me. I never thought, like. But, you know, it'd be the most unsuspecting families that would do you like that. 
like the family that love each other, supposed to be love each other, fight for each other, die for each other, be the very people, very ones to kill each other. And then the family that hate each other, you know, will never die for each other. You know, always fighting, be the very ones to die for each other. So I don't know. I don't know, but I do know I'm victorious. I'm victorious with God. I'm victorious. Like, I won't. I'm not going to, you know, be subjected to this. I'm not going to, you know, I can't lose. I can't lose in this situation. I've already won. I just hope that, you know, like I said, like, it's like part of me can't let that go. Like, no matter how mad I can get, no matter how frustrated this situation makes me, and that's what they take advantage of, no matter how frustrated this situation makes me, no matter how upset it makes me, I still can't, you know, I still can't not care. I don't know how they do it. Like, how do you do that? It's, it's like you still care, but you just got less morals than to do what's needed. To do what's responsible of you if you care. So you rather just, you know, you rather just do whatever it is that's more convenient for you, even though you care. So I guess that means you really don't, but it's like still, that's weak. You just weak, really. It's just, you don't want to stick it out. You don't want to have to fight. That's all it is. You just don't want to have to fight. It's not about. You know, you not caring or you not, you know, knowing what's needed of you and what's what you need to what position you need to be playing. It's about you not wanting to fight. You not strong. You weak. That's what it is. But I don't know who am I to judge? Cause I remember I was weak. At one point I was weak. Jesus made me strong. And without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I would not be here. I can't judge you. And I try not to. And I hope out of all that I said, it don't sound like I am judging them. I know it probably do. But, like, you know, honestly, like, that's something somebody say to try and. People always try to say you judging them just to try and justify, you know, you right. And that, you know, they ain't got the balls to be that person. Like, that's what it is. I hope it's, I don't, I know it don't sound like, I mean, I ain't gonna say I know it don't, but. As long as you point that stuff out, that's when people start really realizing what's real and what's true. Then they try to say you judging them or you feel like you better than them, you self-righteous or something. No, I'm not. You know I'm not. I'm not about to sit up here and keep going down and giving you the rundown, the whole checklist of how I'm not self-righteous and don't feel like I'm better than you and used to actually be you. I'm not about to keep explaining that. That's what you want to hear. No, it's not that. What it is is, you know... You you weak. <laughs> You're weak. That's what it is. You're weak. But that being said, though, you know, all I want is to put them in a position to find the strength of Jesus like I did. I can't force you. I can't, you know, I can't force you into that position. I can't, you know, force you to understand what I'm talking about or nothing. But 
I just pray. I just pray you get there. You're going to need to get there anyway. It's going to come a point where, like, whatever you're doing ain't going to work no more. Like, where are you going with that? So, I guess I just see. But anyways, though, I can't believe I can't believe this vision. I can't remember this vision when all I could do was... All I could do in this vision was, um, after this vision was think about all the, all the details of it. It's like, I, I must have still been dreaming while I was thinking about it. Cause as soon as I decided to talk about the vision, I can't remember it, but, um, I can remember these other visions. I think it's because of how informative and how important the details of this vision is and how it will probably help me later on put the puzzle pieces together and make it all come together and make sense is the reason why I can't remember it. Um, but, you know, the one thing I feel like I can't forget is that despite all of it, you know, despite everything that happened in the vision, it still feel like they being like they don't see this part. They don't see this part. Don't you know when like something is going on and it's like it's a part of it that don't it you know everything else is going on. Yeah, it's big, it's major, it's whatever, but nothing is as major as this one piece of information. And you don't know it. You can't see it. And the main reason why you cannot see it, the main reason why you cannot understand it, the main reason why it's simply not there for you is because of how much everything would make sense if you knew it. It's because of how much it would change things. It's because of the difference it would make. I mean, maybe you are this person. Maybe this is something you would do. Maybe this is reflective of your character. But none of that would even matter if you knew this. And you don't. And they're keeping it from you on purpose. And I think it's a way of kind of like driving me crazy. Because why would they want me to know it, you know? Why do I know it, but you don't? Why can I see it when you can't? You know, and that's for me, that's just like either they're doing that on purpose. So it's like I look like I'm I'm making up like it's some sort of information that you don't know. Or I look like, you know, I'm keeping some information from you. Or I look like, you know, I'm crazy. But either way it go, you even can feel and sense that it's a piece of information missing. It's something missing that doesn't connect. Something does not make sense. Something does not add up here. You can even feel it. So you should know that I'm not crazy for knowing what piece of information it is. Now, you're not obligated to believe what I tell you it is. You should still want to know for yourself and see for yourself. But the fact that I have a piece of information and you know that a piece of information is missing should give you the benefit of the doubt as it is to completely act accordingly and acting accordingly is meaning wait and see wait and see don't do nothing now don't act on how you feel now because that piece of information that's missing could change everything and anything that you're doing right now is probably what they want to happen because you don't have this piece of information for what reason so you can do that you don't have this piece of information. Why? 
because they want you to look like that. Otherwise, when you have it, what other reason is it for them to keep it from you? But I say that and you say I'd go to any length to make it look like, you know, I'm not that I'm not telling a lie or go to any length to keep a lie going. I say logic. I speak logic. All this other stuff. Like, I don't get it. I don't even know what. Let me put myself in your position, okay? I can't really put myself in your position because I really don't understand what it's like over there. But I'm going to try. So, here's you. You see what's going on. You have every reason to be upset. You have every reason to feel upset. You have every reason to act and, you know, feel justified in everything that you're doing. Nobody's stopping you either. Nobody's stopping you. And so you do it and you go crazy with it and you do it to the fullest extent and you, you, you know, you having your feel as far as that goes, you know, but then turn around and yet still for some reason, you know, either this person is either still like you expected whatever it is that you did to make this person at least, I guess, admit they was wrong or if they don't admit that they're wrong you expected it to change this person like this person's supposed to feel defeated or something by now right ain't this person supposed to have lost but this person still is fighting for that piece of information that you don't have they're fighting for it and you've done everything everything under the sun to them so by now it's like if it really wasn't true what's the point of them still fighting for this what's really the point if they really that much of a liar then maybe they is crazy maybe so they could be possibly crazy. But when did they, like, they was never crazy before? How long have you known them? How how often do they do this? The All of these are factors. Now, let's say you haven't known them long. Okay, well, that un- that's understandable. But even if you haven't, um, they do this a lot. Okay, that's a really good thing right there that's a really good piece of information they do this a lot so how are you even able to tell okay yes they do this a lot but what's different this time that got you still paying attention because even if they do this a lot doesn't that mean that you should have been used to it by now if they do this a lot that mean that you would have been directed your attention at something else what's new over there they do this a lot but you still paying attention and you still worried about whatever it is they doing. So that must mean it's something different this time. What's different and why? Whatever it is that's different, you know, why are you ignoring it? Are you ignoring it? If you're not ignoring it, I want to know what you're doing about it. If you are ignoring it, why? Is it because you don't feel like putting the time and energy into it? Okay, understandable. But why do you feel like putting the time and the energy into whatever else that is affecting them or is meant to affect them? Do you not see yourself being used in that way? I know that's a big jump, but I'm just saying you're being used. That's what it is. That's what I was going to get to anyways. Conclusion, you're being used. If you don't feel like you're being used, then, you know, what are you? What are you doing then? you just doing what you, would any, what you would do anyway, so there's no way nobody can ever use you because you would do this anyways. This is how you would react, and this is how you would move anyways. Well, okay, what 
what part, like what, what, what part of the story, what reason got you feeling like this? Why do you feel like that? What provoked you to want to move like this and act like this anyways? I feel like Huey, when he kept seeing that CIA agent, but nobody else could see him. And Riley and Grandpa, they was like making fun. They was poking fun at him. Like, oh, he's in the bathroom with you. And oh, he's doing this. And oh, he's doing that with you. And don't nobody else see him, though. You got imaginary friends. And they laughing and stuff. And meanwhile, this agent is right there the whole time and even telling him what's going to happen in the future, even predicting the future. And he was telling them and don't nobody listen. But it don't matter anyways, because what would they do? What can they really do about it? What was they really going to do about it? Because they wasn't taking it serious. So. I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about this, like. I really don't like it's so funny this time this kind of stuff happened in real life when I used to watch boondocks I used to always say like about as far as Huey go which was so clear when you watching a show because you can see everything you don't see it from their perspective you don't see it from person perspective that's actually in that situation I guess but when I used to watch um, boondocks I used to always think like Huey was most obviously a genius most obviously special most obviously you know, like kind of like a superhero. So why do it seem like they treated him like he's just so normal? Or like even at the all this stuff that's proven to be true that he said, they still don't listen to him. Why? I don't get it. It don't make sense. I guess that's part of what's funny about Boondocks. But at the same time, all this stuff even going over our heads too as the viewers. Whilst he's telling us all this stuff that's going on politically, whilst he's telling us all this, predicting all these things that's happening, you know, on the TV show and in the midst of everything that's going on in real life, they're actually recreating real life events in the show. We still thinking it's just a show. This stuff really happening. I know a lot of those jokes were seeming like seemingly very like overboard, but nah. All this stuff is like really real. And I remember watching um the I had the we had the actual movies or whatever. So I remember watching like um the background scenes, etc. and him talking about the making of the show. And I remember him saying in an interview that he would have to catch these celebrities in their like in their um what do you call it? Um makeup rooms or he would have to catch them in their in their makeup rooms in their dressing rooms excuse me dressing rooms he would have to catch them in their dressing rooms and get a quick little you know recording of their voice when he could he had to catch a couple people like this little wayne monique um a few people he had to catch in their dressing rooms in order to get them to record really quick over, you know, a recorded device in order to use it in the show. Like they weren't showing up on set or showing up at his studio to record this. Most of the most of the people weren't. And imagine being having a show so successful and still having to do that. 
Or imagine even like if you're just that broke college student ever even being in the same environment to be around these certain celebrities, to catch them in their dressing room, to get them to want to record on such a show. It's like, which one is it? And I feel like maybe he's in the in-between, but it's clearly not. He's not. He's clearly not in-between. He's not in-between. So I feel like if on the other hand, he was successful enough to have them recorded on his show. They knew who he was and they was willing to do it. Then he should they should have he should have been successful enough for them to actually show up in the studio and him not to have to catch them in their dressing rooms when it's convenient for them. But then on the other hand, if he's not successful enough and, and you know, he has to catch them in their dressing rooms and it seems as if they wouldn't even want to record at all. So where's this in between right there? I feel like I can fill in the gap a little bit. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I almost feel like filling in the gap means like it's some sort of underlying like like in the Illuminati when you're in it. Whether, you know, you're famous or not, everybody knows everybody. That's how I feel. I may not know what you do or why you in it, but I know in order for you to be in it, you got to be this or you got to be that or in a certain level as far as this or that like the devil don't want you in this for no reason you got some type of power that's what it is and i'm not saying aaron mcgruder was in the illuminati but after looking at the knowing what that is like after knowing what it's like to be in a cult and deal with the devil and fight him and know what this is really like from the level like from what I'm saying it now. A lot of stuff that he was saying in that show is reflective of that. And God told me not to watch that show. God said don't watch the boondocks. Because yeah. Pretty much yeah. A cult. But that all makes sense. All of it makes sense. I mean I know he did the you know, comics in the comic book and stuff, but the way Boondocks blew up and all of the, you know, suggestive stuff in that show, all the different things that happen, it's reflective. It kind of, it makes sense. But all that to say, you know, not that I'm, you know, idolizing Boondocks. I don't want to idolize Boondocks. That's something that, that's the reason why God don't want me to watch it. If I'm idolizing it, don't watch it. But also at the same time, like, um, a lot of that stuff in that show is just satanic beliefs. There's a lot of satanic beliefs in that show. Like what he said about Christmas and stuff like that. But um, regardless of anything, a lot of this stuff is really real and really true. And it always, I always get reflected. I always, you know, get flashback to movies I've seen and things I've watched on TV. And I remember how people used to say, you watch much TV or you watch much movies. Like, that's not real life. And all of that is real life. Movies are based off real life events. I don't care what you say, no matter how fantasy it seems. They turn actual stuff, like they turn actual spiritual warfare into sci-fi fantasy movies. That's not sci-fi. That's not science fiction. That's real. That's really happening. Like, it's amazing how Alien versus Predator. So, in Alien versus Predator, it's, there's this disgusting type um, alien that's birthed out of, you know, some type of tube. 
and it jumps out and it looks like a hand with like six legs though and it jumps onto the the lady's face and kind of like it has a it has in the middle of it it has a mouth and a circle and its teeth going down all the way down into the, into the hole of the mouth and that's disgusting but that's really that really exists in the spirit realm like in the spirit realm that's a demon that the devil places on you and you don't even know it until you start worshiping God the whole time you think you normal, that's just you. And you don't even know it until you start worshiping God that that's real, actual demons. Like, I had one on the back of my head that was kind of just, like, living on me. Like a symbiote. And then there's Venom. The movie Venom. That's supposed to be science fiction. Or fantasy. The demons really look like that in the spirit realm. And they really are like a black gunk. They really are like a black gunk or black, like some type of black, you know, you don't know what to call it, but it's like substance that encamps your whole body until you hearing them and you got some, and you got supernatural abilities and power and energy and strength. Yes. Those, yes, demons do that in real life, but it's in, in a movie that's just a movie. No, that's real. Then Poltergeist, that's supposed to just be a horror film, not based on a real story. But people really do get sucked into TVs. Yes, they do. All of this stuff is real. And then even in Alien vs. Predator, when the alien put the eggs in her stomach and then her stomach exploded and all the aliens crawled out, that happens in the, that happens in the spirit realm. Demons impregnate real people. With demons. And then your stomach. You're pregnant in the spirit realm. And you you like you explode. And like you can actually. This can happen in real life. Like you can really like. Birth. Objects. Different things. All of this is real. This stuff is really happening. And it's amazing to me. How. When people make movies about it. It's supposed to be sci-fi fantasy. When Get Out came out, like, I know everybody wants, oh, my God, not Get Out. But, yes, when Get Out came out, I'm telling you, that movie right there, the reason why I feel like a lot of people was talking about it, because in reality, we all felt that that was real. We all knew that that was real. Even though a lot of people were like, nah, I don't know, I've never seen that before. It seems a little, you know, sci-fi-ish, fantasy-ish. Everybody felt and knew that that was real. As black people, especially because they put a black person hypnotized by a white person. That's real. We are hypnotized. We don't know who we are. We're Israelites. Jesus is black. And as long as we think he's white and we worship a white God, we're hypnotized. We literally are blind. And that symbiote black thing that's on Venom, we got that on, we got that on us, on our hearts and on our minds. It's like a veil. Keeping us from seeing the truth. And the only way you'll be able to see the truth is to truly, genuinely understand what it was like that day when Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all our sins, being perfect and being the son of God. That's the only way it comes off you. 
And we think we truly understand that. And you don't really understand that until you get close enough to God to understand that. You have to treat that like your brother or your cousin. You ever had any family member or anybody close to you or anybody you ever known that actually died in real life. You have to see Jesus like that. You can't think of it as just a story. Just something that's told. You have to see it like, yes, I lost I lost my brother. My brother was crucified for nothing. Don't you know how everybody's out here protesting Ahmaud Arbery or, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin or all these black kids is being shot in the street. We say that's real. He was killed in the street for nothing, just for being black. Right. That's how you got to see Jesus death. He was killed on the cross for nothing, just for the forgiveness of our sins. And he was the son of God. And he was sent to do that. That's how you have to see his death. That's the only way you wake up out of this zombie-like sleep they got you in. This zombie-like trance. To know that Jesus is black is to know who you are as a black person. To know that Jesus is black is to know that we have an obligation to be just like him. That's who we're supposed to be. All the time, we always complain about how we get treated like criminals. All the time, we're always complaining about how we are, you know, supposed to be, we're portrayed as thugs and we're killed for no reason, just for the color of our skin. All the time, we complain about how things should be equal for us. And we don't understand that the reason why they're not treating us equal is not because of the color of our skin, but because of who we are. and We don't know it. And the funny thing about it is we claim that we know so much about this world. But if you pick up the Bible and put the pieces together, we are the people that God is talking about in Isaiah. We are the Israelites. He said that we will be placed in a foreign land. Where we don't know where we at and we will worship false gods that are not us, that are not that are not ours. And we won't know who we are. And we will be given new names. We will be given new lifestyles. And we will be completely disconnected from who we are. That's what's going on right now. But yet we want to call, people want to call Christianity the white man's religion. It's only a white man's religion when you worship in a white man. Jesus is not white. Jesus is black. And I know a lot of people say, no, Jesus is Middle Eastern. What does that mean? Because if you really dig into history... The people who were in the Middle East and Israel and Egypt migrated to Africa. So Middle Eastern is black. Sorry. It's not what you're seeing right now. And every person came from a black woman's womb. Every person that's the only womb could ever, every person on this earth could ever even derive from. So that means that we started off black. And if you really put two and two together, that means actually there's no white people in the Bible. So how is that the white man's religion? Who lied to you and told you that Abraham, Moses, um, David, Saul, Isaiah, all of these prophets and all these people that got anointed Jesus was white? Who told you that? And why you ain't fighting for that as much as you fighting for everything else? Why you not fighting for the truth of that as much as you fighting for the truth of everything else? How come when it comes to anything outside of Christianity, we ready to fight so hard? 
go to war about the outcome of those situations. But we never go on a war about the outcome of Christianity. Why? The truth. I mean, we never go on a war about that. Why? Because when we actually go to war about that, our minds get open. The veil is removed from our heart and our mind and we actually wake up and we're actually able to see what's really going on in this world. Then we're unstoppable. So as long as they can keep you off the track of that, as long as they can distract you from fighting for Christianity and tell you that that's, you know, it's this, it's that, it's all that, then anything else you're fighting for, they okay with. You might think they put up a little bit of a fight to make you think that they don't want you to have that, but only so you can believe they don't want you to have it so you don't actually go for what they really don't want you to have. When I started fighting for Jesus and fighting for Christianity and fighting for my love of God and wanting everything he wants for me, which you need to understand is on the path of that, there were so many different tricks, so many different ways, so many different avenues, so many different things that I was made to believe that really made it feel like if I was going, if I was weak or if I really didn't love God and know he was real, he didn't already warn me against this. And I decided, I've decided if I wasn't decided, if I hadn't, matter of fact, forget decided, if God hadn't kept me, if he hadn't shown me who he was, if he hadn't done what he had done, I would have been given up. Because they have placed so many different things on that path that only God can keep you on it period only god can keep you on it it's not a hobby it's a lifestyle it's a life decision if you're not fully dedicated you ain't gonna survive but that's why we need to be but you would say people people always question like why should i be fully dedicated to that why should i put all this into that such and such and such and such why should you put anything into anything else But I realized that, you know, and God putting me in this position, it's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. But he chose me for a reason. He believed in me. He didn't say I will do it because he's a liar. He didn't say I will do it because I won't. He said I will do it because I will. And he doesn't lie. And he doesn't break promises. And so if he says something will happen, then it will. He's the only one I've ever known my entire life that when he says something, it's never void. It's never a lie. It never does not come true. No matter how long it takes, it does. It comes true always. It's always true. Even when I decided, I don't care, I'm going to stop looking for it. Whenever that ends up coming true, later on, it comes true regardless. Whether I was looking for it or not, whether I was fighting it or not, you can't fight the truth. It is what it is. But, you know, every single prophet that God ever sent was, um, but, you know, none of them was really truly received the way they should have been. Elisha, I'm reading about Elisha, and I believe Elisha was received very well, but he still wasn't received in the manner he should have been received at first either. None of the prophets were. Truly and genuinely, none of the prophets were. So that's just part of it. In order to be a prophet of God, in order to be like Jesus, you're going to be rejected. 
because you're sent to this world which Satan dwells in and has power over. But really, I don't like to say that because he really doesn't have no power but what the power we give him. But um, you're sent to this world that Satan dwells in and is maneuvering through. And you're fighting for God and doing God's work. And as long as Satan is fighting God's work, he's going to be fighting you. So it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. And you may not be received well. And that's part of your journey. That's part of the journey of knowing what it's like to be a disciple of God. Because if you are not a disciple of God, then it's easy. When you're a disciple of God, you're not received well. You can show miracles. You can perform miracles. You can do signs and wonders. But it's it's not easy for people to be told the truth. It's not easy for people to let go of their sin. It's not easy for people to not keep entertaining their demons, especially the ones people have had for years. People have lived with demons for over for decades. People have lived with demons for decades and we have demons that live in this world for centuries. So when you when people love to entertain it's when people are not willing to let go of certain habits when they think that it's nothing wrong or they don't see, you know, a world without them, then of course it's gonna be hard for you to come and preach against them. It's gonna be hard for you to come through fighting them. How can you come through fighting something we receive? It's like you sitting up here shutting down our party. Nobody likes a party pooper. So it's it's annoying. But um, after what God showed me, everything in this world, excuse me, excuse me, and I was going to say this in the last episode, everything in this world is off track. Everything. Everything. I don't care what you say. Even the way we praise God. Even the way we worship God. Everything. Everything is off track. All of it. The way we dress. The way we eat. The way we talk. The way we. The way we are. Everything is off track. Nothing is how it should be. Like it's gotten to a point, it's so deep in this world that it, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, and the soil that we plant in, all of it poison. All of it's off track. None of it's where it needs to be. And you will say, well, then what chance do we have? God's your only chance. That's why. If you're wondering, why would God do this? Why would God do that? That's why. Because how are you going to sit up here and turn against him and worship false gods in the world that he created? So you're going to worship false gods on the soil I gave you? You're going to worship false god with the water that I provided? You're going to worship false gods breathing the air that I'm allowing you to breathe? No. Until you get to where you need to be, everything's going to be poison. The only antidote to that poison is me. Period. The only antidote to any poison in this world, which is everything in this world, is God. And that's the only way you'll survive. So until then, we all suffer. The people who are fighting to get this poison, the people who are fighting to get this antidote to people when they're dying and suffering, dying slowly, might I add. Those are the people everybody decides to crucify. 
Those are the people that everybody decides to brutalize and subject. Still, we got to do this. We're here. We don't do it because we want your acceptance or we want to be received by you. Of course, that will make things easier. Of course, that will make things better for us. Of course, that will help. We do this for God's acceptance. And so we have to suffer in a process of all of this. But regardless of anything, God has given us such a power that he's already declared victory over each and every mission he's given each and every single last one of us. We're going to survive. We're going to make it regardless. But you know what hurts us the most? It's not that we're going to survive or make it regardless because we know we're going to do that. What hurts us the most is who and who, who, and who will not be there. Our mission is to get you on the path you need to be on. Our mission is to save you too. So every time, you know, you think you're hurting us with everything that you're doing, the only thing that's really hurting us is when you decide that you don't want to be there too. It's when you decide that whatever you're doing is better. It's when you decide to ignore the truth and to keep going down the wrong path. That's the only thing that hurts us. That's the only thing that hurts God. The sin, whatever it is you're doing, of course, that only hurt. that's only hurting you. Everything that you're doing to hurt somebody else only hurting you. The only thing that hurts God is when you refuse his call, when you refuse his hand, his helping hand, when you refuse the servants, the angels, the different avenues he sent to help you, to pull you out of your wretchedness. That's the only thing that could ever hurt him when you don't choose him. So if you're really trying to hurt him, you know, I guess you you've accomplished that. If you define, if you're, if you're knowingly, defiantly not choosing him, if you're defying him, you've already hurt him. But ultimately, what you need to understand is you're hurting yourself way more. I want to say way more. You've always it's always hurting God more than it ever hurts us. But you're hurting yourself so much more than you ever understand. But by then, what do it matter, right? Because, you know, you know what's best for you. And God has done his best to reach out to you. He's done his best to try and save you. And for, if anything, it just hurts me when I think about, you know, yeah, all this stuff hurts, all this suffering. Yeah, it's a lot. And I'm sure I could, it could be a lot more. It's never the worst it could ever be. Of course, I could suffer more and everything could hurt and everything could, you know, go wrong. Everything could be the worst until I die. And that could be dragged out, of course. But nothing is worse than spending eternity in hell because then it never ends. So as long as I know that I'm actually going to a better place, the one thing that hurts the most is the people who aren't. At that point, it's not about me. It's about me understanding that, okay, yeah, I'm suffering. And you're making me suffer. You're contributing to that. That hurts a lot. I know. But one day you go to a place where they're doing all that to you except a million times over. A million times over. And you're not going to get a break. You're not going to get relief. You're not going to be released. And my mission is to try and help you to see that's not where you want to be. Not to force you. Not to, you know, you know, 
if not extort you, not any of that. I'm not trying to sound like a used car salesman. I just know that it hurts me. That's what hurts me. I'm going to talk about me, not you. What hurts me is to know that regardless if I'm going to a better place or not. Yes, I understand this stuff hurts and stuff, but none of that compares to the fact that one day I'll be in a better place forever, for eternity. And then I'll, I'll still understand that some people have not made it. Other people will never have experienced it, and that's the worst. 